Welcome to Widowed But Not Alone with Todd Bessie of Credom Wealth Partners, the podcast designed to help people who have lost a partner and those people who support them. We will share stories and resources that will help support your needs, address your financial concerns, and guide you to believe in your future. Now, on to the show. Should I stay or should I move? That is often one of the big decisions, both emotional and financial, facing a widow as they assess their situation after the passing of a spouse. Working with their financial planner, a widow can start to crunch the numbers and figure out what makes sense, but bringing in a real estate advisor is a logical next step. Whether you are ready to sell now or just weighing your options, a real estate advisor can help you assess the value of your home, the market in general, and guide you through the next steps, which might include buying a new home, renting, or just staying where you are right now. Today, my guest is Dawn Bremer. Dawn leads the Bremer team at Keller Williams Success Realty. She has over 20 years of experience in guiding her clients through the home buying and selling process. Along with her dedication to serving client needs, she also has been very active in the community. She has volunteered with many nonprofits, including the United Way and Food for Thought, and serves as president of Kids in Need. Dawn also holds leadership positions, such as president of her local school board and commissioner of planning and zoning in the city of McHenry, Illinois. Dawn, welcome to the Widowed But Not Alone podcast. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely, Todd. So Dawn, when we meet with clients that have recently lost their spouse, one of the things that quickly rises to the top of their priority list is assessing their living situation. You know, they often have concerns about staying in their current home, things that come up like, you know, is my home too big, uh, might not fit my needs anymore. Uh, they may have thoughts of downsizing um, or possibly relocating, whether it's, you know, in the area or or out of state. Mm -hmm. And lastly, and, and unfortunately, you know, there's, there's often just too many memories of, yeah. uh, you know, their lifetime with their spouse had passed. And so that's just another thing they tend to think about. Right. So, so when you meet with a widowed client for the first time, what are some of the issues, you know, that you present for consideration when they're thinking about selling their home? Well, quite a bit of things, actually. One of the first things that I always like to do when I meet with a widower is to sit down and educate them on the home buying or selling process. It's very important. Education is important. So helping my mom through the system when she was a widower, one of the first advices that people give you is to not make any huge decisions for the first year, right? We want to make sure that we get through the emotional portion of it but there's lots that can be happening during that first year. So some of the things that we talk about is, let's go through first of the possessions of the deceased. We have to talk about that, getting the house ready for staging, right? So we wanna to try to partner them with the Epilepsy Foundation um, or Home of the Sparrow or anything in their community where they have people who can pick up some of their items, right? We want to help them go through that. And they may not be ready to do that for quite some time. Um, but what you find most of the time with widowers is there's so much stuff, right? Even a normal person, when you're going to sell their house, what we think is clutter, they think is their home and in their, you know, their way of their living. But in order for a home to look bigger, you need to kind of get some of the stuff out, right? So we want to talk to them a little bit about how to help them through the process, right? 
that's really important. Um, and then once we figure out where that stuff's going, helping them communicating with different partners that we have and whatnot, um, we talk about getting the house then staged, right? We want to talk about how that's going to happen and the timing. Timing is really, really important. And when are they looking to do this? Are they, how many people are involved in it? Are their children involved in it? Are their family members more so than not? We actually have neighbors and friends that actually get involved. So we want to find who are we talking to? Who helps to make these decisions? So when you're getting into that point of the conversation, right, you start talking about, you know, possibly listing the house and possessions and everything. And then, you know, you mentioned timing, right? Mm-hmm. And and not put possibly not making decisions in that first year or so. Right. So often what, you know, when you're, when you're in that conversation, do you see people start to put the brakes on a little bit and, and mm-hmm. stop and think and kind of really take a step back? Yes. I think that they take a step back because they start to feel a little overwhelmed. And that's the biggest thing that I think that widowers deal with is feeling overwhelmed. Even non-widowers feel overwhelmed in this process, right? But a widower, depending if it was sudden, they might have medical devices. Like we're dealing with the house right now. The mom uh, fell and wasn't found for a few days, ended up getting uh, rescued, but passed away. And she had three wheelchairs, oxygen tanks, you know, medical supplies all over the place. So we first, even regardless of talking to them about selling, we talk about what we can do to help them get stuff out, right? So we try to tell them to put the brakes on things and let's talk about getting rid of the medical stuff. Let's talk about getting um, stuff together. And that may be work on that, not so much an actually selling. Does that make a little bit more sense? So yeah, maybe absolutely. take the focus off the selling and more on the process. Sure. And I think, you know, it's, you know, there's one side of it, right? When someone passes and then you've got kids that are stepping in to, to, to handle the issues. But when you've got a surviving spouse, right? So that, you know, that person is still there and, you know, they're trying to make those decisions. You know, all of the things you mentioned come into play and, and certainly the emotions of, of what's next. So, you know, maybe when you think about getting through, so let, let's say those initial stages, right, of, of uh, you know, assessing possessions and, and what to do with those things. Maybe what are your thoughts on, on once someone's ready to really get serious about the next step, you know, whether it's, it's just selling the property they're in or, you know, looking at where they're going to go if they do sell their house, right? So what, when you have that conversation with a widow about what's next, what, what comes up when you have that conversation? So now that they've gotten rid of the possessions, we need to stage the house. So we need to go through the house, find out what's going to look the best for the photos. And then we talk about meeting with a, do they have a financial advisor? Do they have an attorney? Do they have a particular title company that they have? Do they know what their finances are? Do they know how much they own on the property? Do they know what their taxes are? Do they know if any of that's been paid for? Uh, who is their homeowner's policy through? So all of those things, some of the widowers, like for my, when my mom was dealing with my dad passing, my dad took care of everything. My mom didn't even know how to pump gas. I kid you not. They'd been married 51 years. My mom had never filled her tank with gas. So they don't know so much, right? 
And so that's why, first of all, we always try to encourage people to learn their finances as they get older, learn where things come. But more, more often than not, people don't know those items. So we try to figure out how we can help them. We can pull a lien on their property. We can pull titles to find out where that is. I can't even tell you how many widows don't even know who their mortgage is or that they've had a reverse mortgage or they've had a home equity line of credit. They think that their home was paid off and they've learned that they have a home equity line of credit that they didn't even realize. So we have to help them with all of that. So we start with finding out who they know. And if they don't know, we partner them up with people to get them the best answers they can. That's again, it's way more an education first. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, the, the financial side of things, right. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you might, you might think your house is worth, you know, maybe more than it is, or right. as you said, get surprised that, you know, maybe you have a first mortgage then possibly a second mortgage on the property. And now right. you say, okay, you don't want to sell this home, but you realize that the net proceeds from the sale of the property, you have to pay off all the debt. Then you have some closing costs. And now do you even have enough, you know, depending on your situation, do you even have enough cash for a down right. payment on the next property? Um, so right. qual- qualifying, right. Qualifying right. the client, you know, from a financial perspective, um, is the sale the right thing to do? And then as we were talking about, you know, next steps, right. Can, can they qualify for the purchase of another home? And I think, correct. you know, that leads into kind of the, you know, the market situation, right. I mean, we've been in a, for the last, you know, what year and a half or so kind of a crazy, uh, real estate market where things really took off. And now all of a sudden with interest rates going up, you know, what, what are your, when you're talking to someone maybe right now about, you know, an evaluation of their current property and then where they might go, you know, what, what are you sensing at the moment with regards to the real estate market? Well, it's right now, it's currently hard to get a great buy, right? You're going to still pay higher dollar, even though the interest rates have gone up, the interest rates are still where they were four years ago. So we hadn't seen anything like we had seen in COVID times for quite some time, but actually the interest rate is not extraordinarily different than it was four or five years ago. But what happens is, is um, you know, we have to evaluate if the widower should even move. If they're, let's say they do have just a home equity line of credit and their taxes are $7,000 and maybe it's only costing them $1,000 a month to be at this place, buying a house and maybe now it's going to cost them $1,600 a month to be in a next house. Even it may be a smaller house. So you don't know if they can even afford it. What is their financial gain? What are they? What can they afford? Some of these widows don't even have a job. They have social security. Some of them never worked. So can they use the life insurance policy? Was there a life insurance policy? So you don't really know what their next step is until we can find what they can afford then you have to get them in with a loan officer unless they're going to pay cash from a life insurance proceeds or something like that. Um, But we are seeing a lot of people, one of the widowers that we recently have, she has um, is going to move in with her daughter because her daughter is um, got a house can have a space for her. So she's going to liquidate her assets. She's going to go ahead and sell her house find out all it is, and then stay with her daughter for a year before she decides what she wants to do or where she wants to go. Yeah, we've seen that a number of times Mm -hmm. uh, in the last few years as we've dealt with um, some folks that have been newly widowed. I think that 
well, sometimes it's hard to make that decision to move back in, move in with one of your kids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gives you some breathing room, right? You know, it's, right. it's a, it's the right time to, to sell the house, maybe because the market's right for selling it. Um, but you're not prepared maybe to make a decision on where you want to move next, whether it's locally or, or out of the area. Um, yeah, we had some clients recently that sold their home uh, locally and uh, and then bought a place out of state and then they just wind up coming back to the area and mm-hmm. spending the summer with their kids. So right. it's, you know, it's great. It's it's about right amount of time, right, to spend with your kids. And then when it gets to seem like it's a little too long, then it's you can move back to your other Absolutely. place. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I get, so. guarantee that. And also, so it depends on the age. Some people may want to sell their house and go into an assisted living, or they want to go into some sort of an apartment. Maybe they want to rent. They don't want to be a homeowner anymore. Even rentals, though, are high right now. So, you know, it's not as easy as it used to be where you could just go rent a one-bedroom apartment for seven, dollars $800. You cannot do that right now. Rents are up almost 60%. It's crazy. Yeah. So that transition, you know, uh, certainly mm-hmm. it's, it's a number crunching event, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's going through your cash flow situation and understanding right. what your, your living expense, you know, fixed living expenses can be to make it work. Um, so what do you, I mean, when you have a situation where somebody's thinking about renting versus um, you know, we talked about moving in with kids and obviously that for some people, that's a short-term scenario and others we've, we've had longer term cases, but the rental situation, if you, um, you know, you have a situation where somebody is looking at that, um, what do you sense is, is going to be a driving factor for that decision? For renting? Right. For well, renting. I mean, it all depends too on what their needs are. So if you have somebody who lives in a home and now they want to have a pool, they want to have a gym, they have all these different things, then maybe renting or buying in a, in a complex that has an HOA or a, a rental that has a whole bunch of those items. So it all depends on what they're looking for. So you have to find that out, right? What are their wants? What are their needs? No different than if you're going to be doing a purchase. And it's understanding their why, right? That's really important in all aspects of what. So once we find out what their why is, then we can help direct them. And then what we do is we usually what's called a price analysis. And it's not a price analysis simply for what their house is worth, but a price analysis. What are they looking for? What is it that they want? And how, what price range does that fall them in? Does that fall them into category of owning or renting? And do they have what's needed for a down payment to even purchase, right? Um, Do they have three and a half percent down? Do they have 20% down? Do they need credit for closing? Maybe rentals where they're going to need to be for a temporary while they liquidate assets. So again, it's their why and their wants. Those are the number one things we need to figure out. Yeah. And I think if, when you look at that purchase versus rent decision, right? One of the things that gets more challenging um, for someone as they're getting a little bit older is, um, you know, not only the total cost, right, of ownership of a house, but if when something goes wrong, who's going to fix it? You know, if you're fortunate that you had a, a spouse that was handy and now they're no longer with you, you know, who do you reach out to? Who do you trust? I mean, the cost right. of, of hiring a, the handyman of, of days past, right, is much more expensive today or hiring any contractor for painting, mm-hmm. um, remodeling. It's, it's you know, because of what we've dealt with with a little bit of, you know, cost of material inflation recently. Um, it's just a little bit more expensive. So I think 
sometimes when you look at a rental number, right, and it seems high, but you have to put in perspective of if I buy a house, then I don't like something and I want to remodel it. What's that going to cost? And what right. are I, you know, what are my ongoing costs for right. me? And what some about, surprises going to be over time, right? Right. What about snow removal, lawn care, trash? You know, if you do a rental, some of those have those included in there. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to pay for the lawn maintenance, the snow maintenance, or water's included, heat's included, uh, you know, uh, trash is included. So it also depends as, yeah, you may be paying an extra hundred or $200, but does that save you on that maintenance? You know, who's going to not have to hire a landscape, you know, landscaper or snow, snow removal. So those are the things. And like you said, repairs, what happens if, um, a light breaks, what happens if you need an electrical thing, your washer and dryer breaks, you know, so maintenance free might be the best way to be for certain people, which would be rental. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is, um, you know, what, what people have this, this, um, thought that they must own a house. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but as you, you start to add up all these things or, um, you know, the, the challenges you face when you get into some of these projects, um, mm-hmm. having just gone through a home remodel myself, it's not fun to be, you know, basically tossed out of your kitchen for three months. Right. right. So, so right. that's an unexpected nuisance, you know, when you have to deal with those kind of yes. projects. Um, yes, so- I just did that myself. I just remodeled my house. It was awful living in it. And then there's constant repairs. I'm a single woman of two kids. So I have to hire maintenance people and do things because I don't know how to do them. I'm not a handy person. So you think of all of those things, whether I'm a widow or single, it's very similar. Yeah. And whether in your case, you're working versus maybe some of our our widowed clients who who might not be working at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's still you know, if you, if you can't do it yourself, you've got to find somebody to do it Correct. for you. Okay. So Don, you know, we've talked a little bit of here about, um, you know, the, the, the cost of, of, you know, looking at the cost of, of buying versus renting. And, and if you're going to make a decision to move in a different direction to think about, you know, financing a property. And I think, you know, in our time today, we're going to run out here, but maybe we should get together again and have another conversation and bring in, you know, the loan officer that you work with who could maybe add some value to this conversation when talking about, uh, you know, selling and then buying a new property. I think that's a great idea. I think that that's a really good idea to have people understand what it could take, what you need, what documents you need and how the process goes. I think that's a fabulous idea, Ted. Awesome. Well, then let's do that. We'll have another conversation and get into those issues. So Don, thank you so much for taking some time with us today to share your expertise you know, in the, in the, in the real estate world. If one of our listeners wanted to reach out to you with any questions or learn more about, you know, how you work with clients, what's the best way for them to contact you? Sure. They can call me directly at my cell phone at 847-456-6334, or they can email me at bremer, B-R-E-M-E-R, team, T-E-A-M, 18 at gmail.com. Awesome, Don. Hey, thanks again for joining me today. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Widowed But Not Alone podcast. I'm Todd Bessie with Credom Wealth Partners. Please consider subscribing to our podcast so that you can receive updates about our upcoming episodes and share the podcast with friends and family that might benefit from listening as well. If you have any questions about the topics covered in today's conversation, would like to contact me and my team, you can find us at credomwealth.com. That's C-R-E-I-D-I-M wealth.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Widowed But Not Alone. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Integrated Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advice offered through Integrated Partners, doing business as Credom Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor.